Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey folks, Panthers beat reporter Mike K here for the Charlotte Observer. I'm here at Bank of America Stadium where on Wednesday, Bryce Young failed to participate in a walkthrough with an ankle injury. Now, Frank Reich would not get into the specifics of the ankle injury, but he did say that Young uh, alerted the team on Monday and that he was asked to go undergo treatment after the game, the loss against the Saints. Now, with that said, Andy Dalton took the first team reps during the walkthrough. They're gonna monitor Bryce's status throughout the week. Andy Dalton will be that first team quarterback until Bryce Young is ready to enter the lineup. Frank Reich said that Andy Dalton's pulse doesn't change no matter the situation. Obviously, we know that Andy Dalton started for nine years with the Cincinnati Bengals and started on and off since leaving Cincinnati in stops with Dallas and New Orleans. He can obviously handle the start. If, if called upon, he was actually pretty okay as the starter in New Orleans last year. Now, as far as Seattle goes on Sunday, again, Bryce Young's status is up in the air. We'll have to see what happens during practice. But if Andy Dalton is asked to step up, he might be able to, you know, get some things going with this offense that has been pretty tiresome over the last couple of weeks. Bryce Young obviously is the future of this franchise, but if he is injured, it would make sense to roll with Dalton on Sunday for... All right, we're back here for another edition of uh, Processing Blue. I have uh, Mike K, fresh off Monday night's uh, game against New Orleans. Uh, I picked the Panthers to win, Mike. I'm now 0-2. Am I going to do any better the rest of the year is the big question. Do you see this team having a turnaround anytime soon? I don't. Um, I think they've come out listless. Uh, it's kind of alarming. I, I knew they'd be kind of a mediocre middling team, but I, I really mm -hmm. do think – Fans are right to be really frustrated so far uh, at the start of the Frank Reich era. I mean, they've been they've had the well poisoned for the past three years. And, yeah. you know, it seems like this was going to be a fresh start and it really hasn't. It's kind of just been more of the same. So, look, I get it. People are saying stuff like this is the worst Panthers offense they've ever seen. I haven't even been on the beat for a full calendar year. And I can think of three games from last year I, that were significantly worse. <laughs> Uh, but I do think it's alarming that the first offensive play caller, offensive play calling head coach in team history has produced, you know, what they have over the last yeah. two weeks. Mike, but the defense has looked pretty good. But Monday night they suffered another injury and one of their better defensive players, Shaq Thompson, had his leg rolled up. What's the situation with him? Well, he suffered a fractured fibula and almost immediately underwent successful surgery, according to Frank Reich. He's likely to miss the remainder of the season. He was replaced by Kamu Grugier Hill uh, against the Saints, who, I mean, look, he performed admirably. You know, he's a veteran. He's a guy who's started 37 games in his career. But the drop-off between Shaq Thompson, who was thriving in this defense, and 
Camus Grugier Hill is pretty significant. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of rebound from this, not only from a play standpoint, but a leadership standpoint. Shaq's kind of been that leader on this team for the past five or so years. And now they're without that guy. They're without one of their two captains on defense. Um, Derek Brown and Brian Burns are going to need to pick up the slack. Frankie Luvu had a really nice game on Monday, but you know, what does the rotation look like? They have Grugier Hill. They have Deion Jones on the practice squad. They have special teams ace Chandler Wooten on the 53-man roster. But now that Shaq Thompson's on IR, they have some wiggle room to make some roster moves. They do have concerns at wide receiver, at linebacker, cornerback. Uh, and we'll see how they go from here, but that's a massive loss. And when you think about it, this is the third major surgery – for this team in two weeks, Brady Christensen went out with a biceps injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, JC Horn is sidelined with a hamstring surgery, and now Shaq Thompson. It's just a mess right now. Yeah. Speaking of JC Horn, uh, CJ Henderson, the last two weeks has given up plays that you, you could argue kind of decided the game. I mean, do you, are you worried about the Panthers' defensive backs moving forward, particularly if teams are going to continue to pick on him? Yeah, I think, you know, he gave up a 40-yard play. So did Dante Jackson. And those were really the difference makers in in the third and fourth quarter. And I think, yeah, teams should target them more downfield. Geno Smith is next on the slate in Seattle. And I would not be shocked if he went after C.J. Henderson. I don't know that you could argue that the secondary was bad on, on Monday. I think they had two shot plays that they just came up on the on the poor side of. And that, one of them was a phenomenal catch too. Yeah, and look, and and here's the thing: that's going to happen. You're going to give up big plays, but there's no margin for error when the offense is playing as poorly as it is. Like giving up 20 points to the Saints is a good defensive outing, especially with Derek Carr quarterback. So uh, it's hard for me to say the secondary is a problem when the offense can't put up more than a touchdown in a game. Okay, well, let's let's talk about that offense, Mike. I mean, they had 10 points against the Falcons. They had 17 points yesterday. And seven of those points came when the New Orleans was basically saying, we're going to let you come down the field and score to run clock. Um, how concerned are you about the offense? And talk to me a little bit about Bryce Young's performance, not only Monday night, but in the first two games you've seen so far. Well, I, I think Bryce Young has looked middling. I don't know that there's been anything special about what he's done outside of that 26-yard QB keeper that he had up the middle. That was really impressive. But, like, the Panthers traded up a ton to select this kid first overall. So not only is he the first overall pick, but he has the baggage of being also worth two first-round picks, a second-round pick, and D.J. Moore, right? Right, And the fan base sees that. So when you pass on guys like Anthony Richardson, who was taking fourth overall, or you pass on guy a guy like C.J. Stroud, who was taking second overall, and they look more competent within their own offenses, also going through rebuilds, also taking their lumps mm-hmm. as well, don't get me wrong, it mm-hmm. kind of stings. I mean, you draft a guy first overall because he is special. And right now what he does in a special light are his intangibles. He makes good decisions in the pocket. He knows when to throw the ball away. He knows how to evade the rush. That's cool and everything, but when nothing else is hitting, that's not special. That's being that's having special traits. And I just think the Panthers need to figure out a way to make life easier for for uh for Bryce Young, excuse me. 
it, it, it's a situation where you could wreck his confidence. This guy isn't loose, used to losing like this. He's been at the top of every level and, and been on the top teams everywhere he's been. And, you know, he's a guy that hasn't had to deal with a lot of on-field adversity, and he's finally getting it, and we'll see what he's made of kind of over the next couple of weeks because of it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But I can't throw a lot of the blame on him. The, the wide receivers aren't getting open. The offensive line can't block for six to eight seconds while the wide receivers are trying to get open and scramble drills. Rice is holding onto the ball a little too long. He was drafted because of his quick processor. It doesn't seem like he is carrying that processor over from practice and college into the pros, mainly because his weapons aren't really helping him out. And it just kind of feels like the play calling while the play design has been fine. The play calling and the rhythm of the play calling have not helped him out whatsoever. And, you know, they hired this vaunted staff, especially on offense. Mm -hmm. And it's like Frank Reich has this great reputation as a play designer and a play caller. And we're not seeing that come to fruition in Carolina in these first two weeks. And that is alarming. That is very alarming. Even though Frank Reich says they feel like they're on the cusp of something. And that's cool to say and everything, but the returns right now are not, I mean, they've been pathetic. Mike, I saw the game last night and the windows to pass in were so incredibly tight. I hear you on the play calling. I hear you on Bryce. I hear you on the timing, but don't your receivers have to give you a chance to make those throws to process quickly to get the ball where it's supposed to go. It's hard to, to do all those things if there's no separation at all. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's a large part of the issue. Uh, on Monday, I gave, I did a report card to Bryce Young. I gave him a C. I don't mm. think he was the the reason why they lost. I think they couldn't mm. execute. Um, and I think it's admirable for players to be like, well, it was all execution's fault, and we were put in the right, right mm. positions. But part of play calling is saving a struggling unit from from itself. It was a three-point game or less through the first 42 minutes of this game. And at that point, they had run the ball 11 times. That is ludicrous, ridiculous. And they fell out of kind of the process and phasing of an offense. And I think for a veteran play caller like Frank Reich, that's somewhat inexcusable, especially when he has a think tank like Parks Frazier and – Deuce Staley and mm-hmm. and Thomas Brown and James Campen alongside him. Oh, by the way, Jim Codwell's on the staff. Josh McCown's yeah. on the staff. Oh, Andy Dalton's basically like a second coach on the another coach on the sideline. Right. And I don't know if there's too many chefs in the kitchen. I don't know if there are there aren't enough uh, chefs speaking up. But it is confusing and concerning. I think there's been a push in from from Panthers fans to see Thomas Brown call more plays. Mm. I think that's kind of a tough suggestion to make two weeks into a season when Reich is a veteran play caller. That said, those calls for him to give up play calling are going to get louder and louder as this team sinks beneath 20 points every week. And I don't know when the end is in sight. Yes, they have two starting guards out. Yes. 
their wide receivers are struggling to separate. Yes, they have an inconsistent running game. But there are ways to alleviate that. Chuba Hubbard, who was terrific in week one, didn't have a touch until the beginning of the third quarter. That's wild yeah. to me. Um, you know, you can manufacture quick plays. Hayden Hurst wasn't even looked at till the end of the fourth quarter. I mean, until the end of the third quarter. Like, it, it's just... They, for a team that likes to spread the ball around, Bryce only targeted six wide receivers on Monday. Mm-hmm. That's not a lot. Typically, you want it to be in the eight or nine for a team that's used to that doesn't have a number one wide receiving threat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guys averaged seven yards per catch. Like the separation was lacking, the deep ball was lacking. But also, when you don't have to respect the run because it's never called. Teams don't have to worry about that. They will let the run do its thing, the non-existent run, because you're not calling that, and they'll hone in on the pass. And we don't take shots over the top, so they bring in that defense a little tighter as well. I think I, I saw Steve Smith saying, I want to see more explosive plays, and the Panthers haven't done too much of that. They did try a couple towards the end of the game yesterday, but hadn't seen too many shots down the field, and I, I think that makes it tough as well. Um, but Mike, is this team rebuilding or is it contending? I think it's very clearly rebuilding, but not in a traditional sense. It's a group that's rebuilding on the fly. You kept the same front office, so a lot of the pieces are the same, at least it, it, it tangibly. You have twenty-five, but you have twenty-five new faces. You've rebuilt the defense. You have a rookie quarterback. You have three rookies on offense. This whole scheme on defense is being reworked and clearly a work in progress. You have some notable injuries on defense. You've got some notable injuries on offense. And this staff is almost entirely new. Like, Hmm. stuff wasn't going to click overnight. I think the plan was to contend while rebuilding. The problem is I don't think they have the right talent in place to do that. And when you look at a team that has mostly veteran players, it's tough to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying a rebuild doesn't mean let them off the hook for not contending early on. What I'm saying is if you didn't see this as being a long-term project, you were fooling yourselves. You bought into the run-heavy offense that was last year that didn't allow the offensive line to be exposed. You ignored the fact that right guard Austin Corbett was the best player on that entire offense last season, and he's out. You also ignore the fact that Deontay Foreman went from leading the charge on this overachieving spree to being healthy and active in week two for the Chicago Bears. You also ignore the fact that, you know, DJ Moore, who they traded away, who was a terrific talent, is still on an 0-2 Bears team. And by the way, he never made the playoffs with the Panthers. Like, there's so many factors here that you can look at this fairly and say, this team is reworking and retooling. Maybe you want to call it a retooling as opposed to a rebuild. But whatever you want to call it. Sounds like a rebuild to me. Yeah, it does. And I've gotten a lot of pushback for that. I'm not saying that I agree with the strategy here. I would have traded up to four instead of one. Maybe that keeps DJ Moore. I would Mm -hmm. have also kind of looked at this as an asset building uh, spree. But I do also applaud the front office for being aggressive. You don't want to just kind of rest on your laurels. But when you gamble and you lose, you pay for it, right? And that's what's happened here. I, you know, while I was very high on Steve Wilkes and I thought he did an incredible job last year, there's a very long history of interim coaches 
you know, having a really nice interim run and then just not having that similar success. There's mm-hmm. also the fact that Frank Reich was was a logical replacement for Matt Rule. He was the complete opposite of what Matt Rule was. But the results are the same. And just because you agree with something in the moment, we're not paid to, to make those decisions. We can agree with them in the moment. But the reality is the team is suffering right now. It doesn't look good. They didn't trade Brian Burns at the trade deadline last year. They don't have a contract in place. Mm-hmm. Burns is a notable asset on an 0-2 team that's also 0-2 in the NFC South. So mm-hmm. it would not shock me if they are massive sellers at the trade deadline. They have guys like uh, Yitar Grossmatos and Jeremy Chin who are in the final years of their deal. Uh, Burns is in the final year of his deal. Like They can move on from some of these pieces and then really reestablish that they are in a rebuild. And right now, um, it's looking like this team doesn't really have a direction because they're kind of in the middle of a rebuild, but they have a bunch of aging players. Like signing Justin Houston to me was logical if you felt like the NFC South was open for the taking, but having a 34-year-old go out there Mm -hmm. with Marquise Haynes on injured reserve and not even dressing DJ Johnson yesterday, or excuse me, Monday, Mm -hmm. is kind of a weird look for a team that has rebuilt its entire or at least half of its entire roster. So you, you can see major, major changes in the Panthers this year, but what about in the draft next year? They don't have a first round draft pick. So what do you think they need to kind of do with their draft picks? I know they got a second, they have some later on in the, in the fourth and fifth. Do they try to package those and move up? Or do you think they just go after what they have? Well, I mean, they do have a trade chip in Brian Burns, whether they trade him during the trade deadline this year, or they hold on to him, franchise tag him, and then maybe trade him there. Um, you know, they do have some assets that can create some picks, but they also have a lot of cash in free agency, excuse me. And so that also helps them as they try to plot this out for the future. My thinking, at least from the outside looking in, is they figure that they would be safeguarded without having that first round pick because they have so much salary cap space. So instead of having to develop more guys, they would just bring guys into the system. You know, T Higgins is going to be a free agent for an example. Uh, What would you say are the three most important positions to fill in the off season? Wide receiver, wide receiver, and wide receiver. Not offensive line. I think offensive line is the thing that they're going to have to kind of take their lumps at. I do think Chandler Zavala will be a long-term starter uh corbett will be back mm-hmm. uh they're locked into both bozeman and and moton for the foreseeable future but i i really do think wide receiver and cornerback are really spots of emphasis heading into free agency they're probably going to let cj henderson walk um dj charks on a one-year deal and he's got a long injury history uh, Jonathan Mingo hasn't come along the way that some have hyped him to come along with. Terrace Marshall is a guy who is just like fading into the the background again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough, man. And they're not in a great spot to rebound quickly. What do you say to Panther fans who are concerned about Bryce Young? I even saw some people saying they want Andy Dalton to come in and play. And I'm like, there's a long history of first round draft picks or first picks not playing well the first year. But maybe we need to give him a little more time. What do you say? I mean, I think there's so many negative variables around him and so many growing pains that are happening. You can't really jump to that conclusion. I just got asked in a mailbag 
if they would if it was too early to say that it, they would have been better off with C.J. Stroud. I don't know if that's the case. C.J. Stroud's looked very competent. He's avoided interceptions, but I don't know if he's been perfect either. The Texans are also 0-2. Um, mm-hmm. He's a guy that really kind of needs to show long-term who he is. And I think while C.J. Stroud has taken a nice step forward, Bryce Young is a guy who has the intangibles, who can have a long career in this league. I'm not that concerned, but I do think they need to aid him and make his life easier. Okay. Frank Reich said the Panthers are close. I'm taking by what you said over the last couple of minutes. You don't believe that, but I'm going to ask you anyway. He thinks they're close. He thinks they're close to having 28, 30-point games turning the corner. What do you say? No. No, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. I think – I think the personnel has really been a letdown around Bryce Young. I think Hayden Hurst has kind of shown who he, he who he is as a playmaker. He can make plays, but I don't know if he's a number one tight end. Uh, he really hasn't been for most of his career. Um, you look at Adam Thielen, he looks like he's lost a step. He's still a good route runner, and he can make plays. DJ Chark is kind of working his way back from a hamstring injury. Uh, like I said, Jonathan Mingo and Terrace Marshall haven't really kind of move past their growing pains at this point. Um, it's tough, man. And the offensive line can't block as long as they've been asked to block. I mean, they're they're being asked to block for five seconds at a time, and that's just not uh, sustainable. All right, so, Mike, uh, we, we predict the games every week in the newspaper. They're going to Seattle this week. Is this going to be the week they get into the W column? No. Uh, I think it's going to be really tough for them to pull up and up. Uh, pull off a second straight upset in Seattle. Um, the offense looks listless. I, I just think this is going to be a multi-week process. Uh, the Vikings look kind of vulnerable. It'll be a home game in week four. I could see that being the one where it's kind of like, a okay, everybody settles down a little bit, sort of win. Um, Miami's going to be a tough test. The Detroit's going to be a tough test. Bef- getting a win before the bye is going to be tough. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you see a win in sight? No, not to Houston. So post buy, post buy yeah, is what you're post-buy. thinking. Um, are you still on the seven win train? You said seven and ten, I think, at the beginning. I said ten and seven. I'm definitely not on ten and seven anymore. I had eight and nine actually, but now I wish I would have picked seven and ten. I think that was Scott. Oh, Scott so seven and ten. Okay, you went nine. Yeah. Are um, you still seven and ten? Can they still get to seven? I mean, look, I I think. The, Frank Reich tip teams have started off slow and recovered pretty well. And in 2018, they started off one and five and then finished 10 and six in, I believe it was 2021. They started off one and four and finished nine and eight. Um, I could see it to where they could come back and, and, and win seven games maybe in the second half. But I just like, they're falling apart defensively from injuries the guard position still kind of up in the air. This one's tough. I mean, seven wins. That's, you're asking a lot <laughs> from this team after the way they've looked the first two weeks. No, absolutely. It, 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 you know, it, it's going to be tough. Absolutely. It's gonna, you said it was a two-year rebuild, I think, a month ago on this very podcast, and I disagree with you at the time. I have to wholly agree with you now. I will never doubt you again, Mike K. And now's the best. My, now's the time of the show, my favorite part of the show, Case Takes. The Panthers brought in this really – intriguing coaching staff filled with young up-and-comers and proven veterans a lot of guys with nfl playing experience um with a heavy emphasis on the offense they brought in ijaro evero who it, it was raved about as a defensive coordinator with the broncos 
So when you work for the collaborative front office, the way that Dan Morgan and Scott Fitterer have operated, you want to have your guys get in there. And from there, you want to be able to coach, right? Well, execution has been a massive issue through two weeks. And so all of these cool resumes and all this, this cool collection of talent in coaching is really cool and everything. It doesn't really matter. Um, the problem with the way the Panthers have advertised this coaching staff and led with Frank Reich and led with how talented their coaching staff is, is that eventually the players have to play and they have played poorly under this group who are revered to be great coaches. At this point, it's on the coaching staff to recover. I don't feel like the play calling has helped Bryce Young make easier decisions. I don't think the defense has been particularly set up well to stop the run. I think overall, this coaching staff needs to live up to the hype. Look, personnel hasn't been perfect, but also front office is taking the recommendations and the traits that the staff wants and trying to put it in motion while still balancing a salary cap. This is not a super talented team. I've said from the jump that they are very top heavy with their starting group. They are fine, but the depth isn't there. And so when you lose your starting left guard, when your starting right guard is uh, on pop, when you lose your starting top corner, when you lose your starting linebacker, those are massive losses because the depth drop off is so immense. And so that's when coaching really needs to take shape. And I don't know if I've seen it those first two weeks. So it is on the coaching staff to live up to their hype. And I think so far they have not done that. Well, well, maybe it's going to be an us against the world type situation for both the Panthers and the Panthers staff in Seattle. We'll see. We'll definitely be back to talk about it next week. Mike, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for your honest and brutal opinions. But thank you very much. And all you guys out there, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe, and follow us on uh, Processing Blue.